Grab your Bibles with me, if you will. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm not going to speak real long today. Um, We are going to try to get out a few minutes early. I know that we have parties and gifts, but I I want to take a minute and, and talk to you from my heart about just something that God has been dealing with me on. Uh, as we prepare for our Christmas holiday. While you turn to that scripture, let me say this to you as well. I want to thank all of you who uh, wrote a card and and for those that gave a gift to Lindsay and I, they mean so much. We sat down and read every one of them. Uh, They're sitting all over our table in in our living room and I'm just so grateful for the words and for your generosity. And I, I want to say from from our hearts, thank you so very much. It means the world to us. Uh, additionally, I want to remind you of our Christmas Eve candlelight service coming up this Wednesday. Uh, we'll be beginning at 6.30 here in this campus. But if you say, well, I've got a, a Christmas party I need to get to, no worries. We'll, beginning at f- be, we'll be beginning at 5 p.m. in our Nederland campus. It'll be duplicate services, and so you can be at either one, 5 o'clock there, 6.30 here. Uh, It's a one-hour service. You'll be in and out in in one hour, and you can get on to parties and Christmas and be with your family. But, you know, it it is uh, Christmas, and it is about Christ, and uh, and so this is a very traditional service. We'll be lighting candles, taking communion, and uh, and I invite you to come and be with us. Bring a friend, bring your family. You say, well, I've got family in town. Bring them with you. Uh, it'll be a great time to come worship Jesus together. Are you out there this morning? Okay, just checking, just checking. Uh, if you're watching online, thank you for being with us today. I hope that you're having a blessed Christmas season, that you've enjoyed the, the service today up until this point. But I believe that God wants to speak into your life today. And so I want you to get ready to receive, get ready to hear from God. And uh, I get still, get quiet, don't be moving around, but get ready to receive what God has for you today. First Timothy chapter 6, I'm going to read three verses. Verse 17, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God. Listen to this, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. I love what Paul writes to Timothy here, that God has given us all things richly to enjoy. Christmas is one of the greatest times of the year for most people, though not for all. Joy and peace and generosity and gifts and family and presents and parties, but more importantly, Jesus. It's a great time of the year. and I believe that God has given us Christmas to enjoy. I figure that every year God is busy throwing His Son Jesus the greatest birthday party that the world has ever seen. And His plan is for you to enjoy His party. I don't know if you've uh, ever been to a, a birthday party of someone that they were having a blast and everyone else was miserable. 
But that's not God's plan. That's not the plan of Jesus. He wants to, to enjoy His birthday. He has given us all things richly to enjoy. One of the most famous reminders of Christmas that we have is the Christmas tree. I, I love Christmas trees, though I hate to decorate them. Maybe you <laughs> got an amen on that one. <laughs> Maybe you go and pick one out at a Christmas tree farm or a, a Christmas tree lot, or maybe you have a fake one like we do. Maybe you buy your decorations. Maybe your kids make them. I don't know how it works in your family. Maybe, moms, you decorate it all by yourself, and maybe you force your husband to help, but I don't know how it works in your home. Maybe you put yours up early. And maybe you leave it up late. Last year, uh, we were being really lazy. And then as soon as the first of the year hit, we, we were busy. And we just didn't take our Christmas tree down. So somewhere towards the end of January, the Christmas tree was still up. And uh, for, I don't know why, but for some reason, we had allowed the kids to sleep on the couch in the living room. And at about 3 o'clock in the morning, I hear this massive crash. Kaboosh! I come jumping out of the bed thinking that somebody's in the house. My, my guard dog is not guarding. He's hiding underneath the bed. <laughs> and I go out and our, the, the stand on our Christmas tree had just broken. I think it was a sign we left it up too long. And, uh, and it had crashed. There was glass and ornaments. It was a mess. So this year we had to start all over. <laughs> I don't know how you do your Christmas tree, but I believe that Christmas trees, uh, they, they epitomize the, the fun and the beauty that is Christmas, but I also believe that the Christmas tree is the foremost testimony of the season. It is a symbol of a broken curse. You say, what are we talking about, Pastor Randon? Well, give me a few minutes today, and I want to talk to you about the two trees of Christmas, that maybe your Christmas tree is more than you ever thought it was. Three things I believe in. First of all, I believe in celebration. I believe in celebration. I believe that we should celebrate. Why? Because God, when He was setting up His nation, the nation of Israel, and they had just come out of bondage, and He's giving them laws, and He's giving them uh, plans on how to do this, and how to do that, and how to set up camp, and how to live life. He told them, I want you to stop and celebrate. For God, celebrations were holy. The feast of the Old Testament, they were holy days. Holy consecrations, time set apart where he, God actually put laws into place that you had to stop what you were doing and celebrate. Because I believe we serve a God that loves to party. He loves to stop and remember. He loves to stop and celebrate. I believe in celebration because I serve a God who said celebrations are holy. There's not a lot of things in the Bible that he calls holy, but holidays or holy days are one of them. I believe in celebrations. And Christmas trees are a sign of the celebration. Christmas trees are a place of celebration. Jesus is celebrating his birthday. And you know what? As Americans, we do Christmas big. You know, you may not feel rich. Uh, as Paul wrote in, in 
1 Timothy chapter 6, as for the rich in this present age. You may not feel like you are rich in this present age, but when you look at Christmas in America, you realize just how rich, rich and blessed that we are. Listen to these numbers. In 2014, it is projected that the average family will spend $786 on Christmas presents alone. Or about $271 per child. That's just the average family. And I know there are people in this room that are spending that much per kid. 30% of Americans, despite what may be happening in our economy, what may be happening in our country, 30% plan to spend more than $1,000. 50% of Americans plan to spend more than $500. This is just on Christmas presents. 14% of Americans say they are going to spend more than they did in 2013. According to Forbes magazine, that's just the start. The average family will spend about $42 on a tree, about $32 on Christmas cards and postage, uh, about $22 on floral arrangements, about $95 on food and candy, $52 on decorations, and $960 on travel. The average American family will spend just shy of $2,000 on Christmas this year. According to... To the National Retail Federation, Uh, listen to these numbers. We spent, as a country, $7.4 billion on Halloween. We spent $2 billion on candy at Halloween. What's crazier than that to me is, as a country, we spent $350 million on pet costumes. At Christmas this year. Our country is projected by the National Retail Federation in retail stores, not in your travel, not in all that, just in retail stores, we're projected to spend $600 billion. You may not feel rich, but rich is relative. And when you look around the world and when you look throughout history, you realize that we are a very rich and a very blessed nation. And though you may not be spending $1,000 or even $500, uh, we still live in a very rich and blessed nation. And, and here Paul gives us some instructions. And I believe that he was writing these instructions to us today. Charge us not to be haughty. What does that mean? That means don't think that you are more than you are because you have more than the person next to you. Don't think you're more just because you have more. It's okay to have more, but it doesn't make you more. Don't trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. It's it's not all about how much money you do or don't have. It's not about who can buy the biggest, most expensive present for their wife or their kids. It's not about that. Don't put your, your trust in money because money will fail you. Money can be lost, money can be gained, but God is never changing. In the New Living Translation, he says then, use your money to do good. He says, be rich in good works, generous to those in need, ready to share with others. And I think that this is the heart of of what is at the Christmas story, that God, who had all, gave to us who were in need. And I think that's what this church 
reflects. Let me just tell you a few things that we've done this Christmas that I'm so proud to be a part of. Of course, you uh, heard me talk about our angel tree uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and I showed you some of the pictures and what an incredible time it was, and where we were able to, uh, along with other people in the community, we gave 300 gifts to children whose parents were incarcerated, 200 in this region and 100 in another part of the state. 300 kids got Christmas presents because of people's generosity. We've helped multiple families in need. We've got word that someone was in need or this family needed presents or this family needed food for their Christmas or this family needed that. And we've been able to step up and just meet the need. A couple of weeks ago, have a wonderful lady in this church that was in need of a new vehicle and I just placed on Facebook, hey, we're trying to raise a little bit of money and in less than an hour, we had the money needed for her to be able to get a vehicle just by the generosity of people. Last night, um, we partner with, uh, and you heard, you heard me talk with uh, a few, about a month or so ago with Shiloh Harrington about uh, her ministry, uh, Love Lunch Sack Ministries. They also do church in the park. Last night they had Christmas in the park and they had a, between three and four hundred people show up. They got fed, they got presents, and they found Jesus. If you were there last night, thank you so much for showing up and giving to those who are in need. Tonight, we'll have a Christmas party for Girls Haven who uh, comes to this church and is a part of this church. 21 young girls are going to show up and have the time of their life. And I don't want to give away all the details in case any of them are here today. But let me just tell you that they're going to go home with, with, with somewhere between $250 and $300 worth of gifts and presents and outfits and stuff. Because of the generosity of people. When you do these things, we store up for ourselves a good foundation for the time to come that we might lay hold of eternal life. You cannot buy your way into heaven. But our generosity can be a reflection of the generous God who lives on the inside of us. He gave, so we give. I believe we ought to celebrate this Christmas. I believe that we ought to celebrate the Jesus, that Jesus came to earth to save us. Celebrate that we were given a gift and now we can give as well. Celebrate the blessings of God on our country and our lives. Celebrate because it is important to God to celebrate. Gather around your Christmas tree this year and celebrate. Christmas trees are a sign and a place of celebration. I believe in celebration. The second thing I believe in is I believe in sanctification. What do you mean by that, Pastor Rannon? Well, there's much debate as to the origin of the Christmas tree. You may have heard or done studies on, uh, on where it came from. and uh, There are some devout Christians who say, I, we don't have Christmas trees, we don't believe in Christmas trees because they came from pagan worship rites or pagan worship rituals. According to the, to the Encyclopedia Britannica, the use of evergreen trees, wreaths, and garlands to symbolize eternal life was a custom of the Egyptians, the Chinese, and the Hebrews. 
Tree worship was common among pagan Europeans and survived their conversion to Christianity and the Scandinavian customs of decorating the house and barn with evergreens at the new year to scare away the devil and setting up a tree for birds during the Christmas time. So many people say, well, it came from pagan worship, so we don't want Christmas trees. But while that may be true, while it's true that Christmas trees can't be found in the pages of Scripture, let me just put it to you like this. Trees, especially the Christmas tree, the evergreen tree, I believe that they are a picture of sanctification and what God wants to do in our lives. God has taken a tree that was formerly used. I want you to get a picture of this. He's taken a tree that was formerly used to worship idols. And he's turned it around to be a symbol of the, uh, the very symbol of a holiday founded and dedicated to the birth of his son. This is sanctification. That's what a Christmas tree is. And so I don't shun them, but I celebrate them. Why? Because it is a picture that God has taken something that was once used for bad, for evil, for idol worship, and He's turned it around to, to be, bring glory to Him. Every time... There, there will be more mention of His name and what He did among believers and non-believers in the next few weeks than most of the rest of the year combined. Every time you say the word, I'm going to buy a Christmas tree, you are saying the word Christ and you are proclaiming His glory. Somehow, God has turned this thing around. He's taken something that was used for idol worship and he's using it for his glory. I believe in sanctification. I resist an inert, deadly, religious, and non-scriptural notion that participation in such festivals as Christmas and Easter are heathen practices to be shunned by believers. Instead, I hold that only believers have a concept which allows for the fullest and richest celebrations at such times. I don't flee the innocent cultural traits of celebration, but choose to fill them with the enlightened understanding and the pure living that comes with knowing Jesus. As long as the Word and the way of the Lord are kept the primary focus, I think we should celebrate Christmas, we should, we should worship Jesus, and we should have as much fun as we can, and we shouldn't worry about what a tree was once used for. Worry about what it means today. Because here's the thing. If God can't sanctify a tree, if He can't take a tree that was once used for, to, to worship idols, for pagan worship rites and rituals, and use it to bring glory to His name, if He can't do that with a tree, what hope do we have as sinners? And so when I look at a Christmas tree and I know where it came from and I understand what it was once used for, but I see now how it glorifies the name of Jesus. I say, if he could do it for a tree, he can do it for every sinner, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how far you've gone. I believe in sanctification. <clears throat> Number three, I believe in symbolism. I believe that the Christmas tree symbolizes what happened on a second tree, the cross. I want you to think about those two trees for just a moment. The cross 
and the Christmas tree. The evergreen tree is what we use uh, for a Christmas tree because it represents eternal life. And the Christmas tree symbolizes what the cross accomplished. What the Christmas tree symbolizes in eternal life, the cross accomplished. And that because Jesus went to the cross, we now have eternal life. On our Christmas tree, we hang beautiful ornaments, but on the other tree hung the beauty of our Savior King. He was perfect, He was spotless, He was sinless, and yet He hung on the cross. It is a reflection of the beautiful splendor of our King that hung for us. On our Christmas tree, we hang lights. These these lights represent the light of the world that is Jesus shining for all to see at the top of your tree you may have a star the same star that pointed the way to the manger 2,000 years ago and on the cross our, our cross points the way back to God when you see the cross that's the only way back in right standing with God at the foot of the cross we exchanged gifts. Just a couple of weeks ago, my kids came to me in a panic one morning before school, and I don't, I'm not a very, I don't do mornings well. <laughs> so they wake me up, and I'm, I'm groggy, and my brain's not working, and they're begging me for money, and it's, we've got to have money right now, where's the cash? My wife, who's about three cups of coffee in, is chiming in. Where, where's it at? And I'm just, you know. So I hand them money, and they take it to school. And uh, Santa's workshop has come to school, and they sell little uh, presents and trinkets that the kids buy with my money <laughs> to give back to me. So that at the foot of our Christmas tree, they have their presents for me and I have my presents for them. And we're going to make this exchange, but it's not going to be even. (laughs) If you've got a kid in elementary school, you understand what the Santa Claus house means. Now, I will cherish these gifts and they will mean the world to me. Regardless of what they are, I will be so proud of them. Why? Because it came from them. And I want you to remember, that's what happens at the foot of the Christmas tree. But at the foot of the cross, there's an even bigger exchange going on. You see, Jesus... God in creation, He made you, He created you, He built you, and He breathed life into you. And, and, he, and he, he, then He gave you free will and free choice. And we bring back to Him at the foot of the cross our sin and our shame and our problems and our pain and our worries and our doubts and our mistakes and our failures. And we put them at the cross and He takes them. But the exchange is not equal. Because in exchange for our sin, in exchange for our death, He gives us life. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us His righteousness. And He's not mad about it. He's not upset about it. He says, come. Come. 
you see, for me, the Christmas tree is not just about beauty. It's not just about lights and the frustration of why will the lights not work this year. No, the Christmas tree is a symbol of what my Jesus did for me. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, that's me and you, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. I believe in symbolism. I believe in that the Christmas tree symbolizes everything that happens at the cross of Christ. Jesus hung on a barren cross, took our barren life and our judgment because of our sin, and instead He has decorated our lives with the beauty of His everlasting life. The exchange of gift is not a, it's not a surrender to commercialism, but it's a matter of saying that because of what He's given us, He's overflowed His love in us and we are able to give to the world. I believe this. I believe that the Christmas tree is not just a decoration or an accidental surrender to mere cultural tradition, but it is a declaration of what I believe. I believe in celebration. I believe in sanctification. I believe in the symbolism of the tree reflecting what Jesus did for us. What do you believe in today? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that He came to bring you life? Do you need life today? You know, I realize that for many, Christmas is a time of celebration. But for others, it's not time when we're faced with the realities of the things we don't have in life. But I believe that Jesus loves you and He still came for you and that He wants you to enjoy this season. That no matter what you're going through, what you're facing, He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I'm going to ask you one question this morning. Do you need Jesus today? And all the joy and the candles and the lights and the carols and the fun and the presents, do you need Jesus today? He came for you. The point of Christmas was to send a child that could die for us. I'm going to ask all of you to close your eyes and bow your head for just one moment. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're in this room. You say, Pastor, I need life today. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. If that's you, you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want Him to take over you, to give you eternal life, to give you everything that He went to the manger for and then went to the cross for, just slip up your hands really quickly and I want to pray with you. Yeah. I see hands. 
see those hands. If you're watching online, I want to pray with you today. All right? You can put your hand down. I'm going to ask all of you to pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending a baby born in a manger that would one day die for me. He took my curse and he gave me his life. I'm grateful. I receive him as Lord. I receive you as my Savior, as my God. Forgive me of my sins. Give me life and more abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Clap your hands and rejoice in the Lord this morning. I, I, I just declare this blessing over your life that this will be the greatest Christmas you've ever experienced. That it won't be based on your circumstances, the things you have or the things that you don't have. But this Christmas will be filled with Jesus more than it ever has. That when you gather around any Christmas tree, you will remember that it's not a Christmas tree, it is a Christmas tree, and that He will be your reason for celebration. I declare in your life that things are working out. I declare in your life that things are coming together. I declare in your life that relationships are being mended. I declare in your life that at the foot of this tree, the cross, you will find the life and the life more abundantly that Jesus promised for you. I declare that this is your greatest year ever.